Um, Keith, would you come up here? I want to ask you to, um, um, well, I want you to just, I'm going to ask you something in a second, but first, uh, would you pray with me, okay? Father, I ask your prayers and blessings on uh, Keith and Sharon Lancaster. I pray that you would protect their, um, their journey and that you would give them safe journey, and I pray that they have received hospitality from us while they've been here. Father, we thank you for their ministry, and we thank you for their desire to serve you. And I pray, Lord, that we've been an encouragement to them as well. And, um, Father, just bless us as we come together in your presence today, declaring that you are our creator and our maker, and I pray that we, have, that we will continue to be inspired as this Lord's Day goes on. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Keith, what I would like you to do before the energy leaves the room altogether, would you give us a verse or two of, I stand amazed in the presence. You'll know why I'm asking this in a moment. But. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene And wonder how he could love me A sinner condemned unclean How marvelous, oh how wonderful And my song shall ever be how marvelous, oh how wonderful is my Savior's love for me. When with a ransom in glory, His face I at last shall see, T'will be my joy through the ages to sing of His love for me. Let's hear it, church. Oh, how Oh, how wonderful, and my song shall ever be. Oh, how marvelous, oh, how wonderful is my Savior's love for me. How marvelous, oh, how wonderful, and my song shall ever be. How marvelous, oh, how is my Savior's love for me. Thank you, and, and thank you for standing up again. You can sit down now. You can't stand amazed in the presence if you're sitting down. Awe. What is awe? Your dictionary definition of awe is an overwhelming feeling of reverence, admiration, or fear produced by that which is grand, sublime, or extremely powerful. And you can understand that. Those are good words that make sense of awe. But if I was going to ask you about awe, chances are you're going to think about an experience of awe that you've had. Sometime when you felt it. Sometime when there was something that that made you respond with a sense of awe. It might have been worship. It might have been something in nature. It, 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 it might have been a, a, a word of news that you heard. It might have been music. It might have been art. It can be just about anything that inspires awe. When I think of awe, I think about a moment when I was in a campus ministry 
not the lions for Christ, but the Razorbacks for Christ. They actually have those. They, they actually do exist. And, 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 and long ago in the last century, I was, uh, I was part of that group. And so there was one weekend that a few of us got together and we said, we're going to do our own retreat. We're going to go camping and we're not going to go anywhere near here. We're going to go somewhere else. And so we went to a park and it was a park far away and they had caves and we were none of us prepared for this trip. My friend Mitch was there and he was wearing his Oxford shirt and blue jeans and sneakers. Uh, No, I don't think he had blue jeans on. He probably had slacks on. That was Mitch. And I wasn't doing much better. I had my hog slopping clothes on, which were uh, camos and a sweatshirt. And we barely had any food. So at the last day of our camping trip, we're, we're starving. We're not doing well. It was cold. We'd been freezing all night. And Mitch turns to me and my friend Tim, and he says, I want to go in the cave. I'm not leaving until I go down into the cave. And this isn't some devil's den cave, which is a bunch of rocks piled over each other. This is an honest-to-goodness down underneath the earth. You've got to crawl on your belly through the mud and cold water cave. And at first we thought this idea might be wrong. But Mitch was our leader, and so we got with Mitch, and we said, that's fine. And so we went out to the opening of the cave. We, 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 we said to our, our loved ones then, we said, goodbye. If you never hear from us again, then know that we love you. And, uh, and we left notes at the entrance of the cave, the, our last will and testament. And so we, we, Tim and Mitch and I got up to the entrance of the cave. We saw some folks coming out, and they looked terrified. And they said, you're crazy if you go in there. And we said, that's all right. Mitch goes, it doesn't matter. We've come this far. We're going to do this. And so we said, okay, let's go. And we got down into the cave about four feet and immediately we had to get down on our hands and knees and start crawling and the earth is closing in on us it's getting darker and that's the point at which we said did anyone bring a flashlight (laughs) Tim had a Bic lighter and it didn't work very often but Mitch had one of those flashlights it was the kind that you have to rattle it and bang it a few times so that the batteries will connect and you get a little bit of a glow. He couldn't reach it anyway because it was in his pants pocket and we were crawling. And so we said, well, yeah, we got lights, but it doesn't do us any good right now. Keep going forward. Keep going forward. And about halfway through this little tunnel that kept closing in on us, and I am on my belly at this point, pulling myself along. Mitch goes, I want to be a cave explorer. I want to be a cave explorer, but I just don't have it in me. And we said, no, no, we've come this far. We've got to keep going. We've got to keep going. And so we pushed on. And then the air changed. And, and, and we felt like the earth was no longer just pressing down over our head. And Tim got the big lighter working, and we could tell we had reached the end of the cave. And we could stand up. And we could walk around. And we got the old lousy flashlight to work. And we were inside this room underneath the earth, a round cavern. And there was a pool of water. And there was a a spout of water that came down out of of the wall of the cave, high above our heads, and it would come down and it would fill that pool. And we experienced awe. And Mitch, 
starts singing. I stand amazed in the press. And, and it wasn't even that good. <laughs> but Tim and I just joined right in. He didn't have to ask us. We all just started singing that song. I don't know if it was appropriate. Maybe we were just happy that we could stand and we weren't crawling on our bellies. But it was the natural song that came forth. And that's what happens in awe. That's a better definition of awe, I think. In fact, um, I think awe has something to do with a natural response, what I would call a sympathetic resonance. Oh, it's a big word. What do we mean by that? Well, you'll see this little test in science sometimes, or maybe, you know, maybe you've seen this done somewhere. If not, you can go find some tuning forks and you can do this. If they set up tuning forks, uh, you can set up any of the tuning forks you want. And if you strike one of the tuning forks, every other tuning fork that's tuned to that frequency will vibrate as well. You don't have to touch it. It will vibrate. That's called sympathetic resonance. When one tuning fork is struck, its vibration forces any other fork that vibrates at the same frequency. The natural frequency of the tuning fork. Folks, we are natural resonators with the Creator. Because His Spirit is in us, because you and I were made in the image of God, we in all of creation are tuned in to the Creator. We resonate at the natural frequency of our Creator. Now all of creation, you'll see in the Psalms, all of creation praises God. All of creation adores God. All of creation speaks to a Creator. But alone in creation are those human beings, men and women, all of us, who are not only part of the creation, but we're also tuned to the Creator and we're natural resonators and everything in us is set like an antenna that's focused on awe. I mean, our senses. And you've experienced awe, whether it's a cave or a mountain landscape, the birth of a child, a prize that you've long waited for, a surprise, fear. You and I are tuned to awe because the Creator has arranged all of our senses to be collectors and resonators of awe. And all of those experiences of awe point us to the experience of the Creator. Look at what the psalmist says in Psalm 145. Here's a psalmist thousands of years ago, before he ever had a tuning fork, and he's talking about sympathetic resonance. I will meditate on your majestic, glorious splendor and your wondrous miracles. Your awe-inspiring deeds will be on every tongue. I will proclaim your greatness. Everyone will share the story of your wonderful goodness. They will sing with joy about your righteousness. The psalmist is saying that when we meditate on God's majestic, glorious splendor, we resonate with him 
God's awe-inspiring, there's the word, deeds will be on every tongue. Did you notice that? Not just on my tongue. He's not standing up like a diva. God is so great, I'm going to praise God. Okay. No, instead he's saying everyone's going to resonate. And then he throws himself into the chorus. I'll proclaim your greatness too. When Mitch started singing in the cave, we naturally joined in, each of us. And we were all sharing the story. How profound was the experience? I'm still telling you about it today. And it was something that happened a century ago. Well, in the last century. Seems like a century ago. We resonate with the Creator. I think that's who we are as a people. Because when that tuning fork gets struck, every other tuning fork tuned to that frequency resonates together. Sometimes we want to bring to worship our own personal experience. Sometimes we want to bring to worship our, our own situation. And, and I don't think that's bad, but we've got to realize that part of worship is not just resonating with God, but resonating with one another. You know, they say there's a church in Switzerland. I, I've, never, I've only seen this in pictures, but I want to see it. And what they've done is, in the pews, so that everyone will be paying attention to the sermon, they've built stalls around the pews. Yeah. And I think that's sometimes how we do worship. Worship would be great if other people weren't there. You know, just me and God. God says, oh, that's not the way I planned it. I planned on everything resonating. In fact, I'll give you scripture on that. We're real familiar with Acts 2.42. Man, I know the youth group is. This is part of our teaching. This is core teaching. Acts 2.42. And that is a fantastic verse. It's one that we've used in the church here too. It's that first part. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. There's worship and fellowship coming together. There's the church coming together. It's fellowship. It's also breaking of bread. Is that the Lord's Supper, some say? Well, I don't know. I think that's just a fellowship meal. Hey, it's all the above. It is. Because food is food in the, old, in the New Testament first century. Food is food, and if you have food, that's a sacred thing, and to share that food is an important thing. So if it's the Lord's Supper, or if it's Thursday lunch, you're, you're fellowshipping and you're breaking bread in the name of Christ. So we talk about that, and we talk about these different acts, and, and we talk about what it means for us to be church and at worship. But have we gone on to verse 43 and looked at the result? They do this, and look what happens. A deep sense of awe came over them all. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. Now, let me tell you something else that I find interesting here, and I wonder if you saw this. In verse 43, which comes first, the awe or the signs and wonders? I would understand it if, it, if they were saying the, the apostles performed signs and wonders and everybody was in awe. No. The awe comes over all of them. And as an outgrowth of that are the signs and wonders. 
This 40, verse 43 is not one of those verses that we can chunk out and say, well, you know, that's kind of first century special case. That's what happens when people are resonating with God. When they are living in resonance with God and then with one another because we're all tuned to that natural frequency, a sense of awe comes over us. And they meet together in one place and they share everything they had. Not only is the experience of awe natural, it makes us better people. It makes us into the kind of people that God wants us to be. There was a study last year by the American Psychological Association. They found that when people experience a sense of awe, it will promote kindness, generosity, sharing, and good deeds. Now that's a psychological study. They found that awe turns people into better people. That's what we read about right here in Acts 2. And I love that psychological study because to me that supports the idea that you and I are natural resonators with God. And when we seek out awe and when we experience awe, we get more in tune and in harmony with who God is is you know one of the things that keith pointed out to us over this weekend and it's something that i'm i'm going to own and i'm going to i'm going to keep this in mind and i want you to keep it in mind too it's too bad that worship too often becomes the point of tension and disagreement among us it's too bad that worship is sometimes that, that, that place where we notice all the differences and we're all nervous about, wait, this change, that change. Why can't it always just be the same? Well, in, in some ways, it is always the same because we're always worshiping the same God, the God who is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. But how we resonate with that God depends on what frequency He's He is the tuning fork that strikes first. And let me say this. We have a living God. He's not static. He's not a cut and dried formula. He will be who he will be. And because of that, you and I might resonate on his frequency in all sorts of different ways. I'm here to invite you to experience the awe of God. And I want you to know that if you're afraid that you've never been there, you've never experienced that, maybe you have. Years after that singing in the cave, I met with some friends in a different state, in a different place, and they were talking about experiencing the presence of God. And I said, I must be broken because I don't know that I've ever experienced God's presence. And then through talking and praying with them, I remembered our adventure and our singing in the cave. And since then, I've always known that each and every one of us, yes, you, you are tuned to God's frequency. How do I know that? Because he created us in the image of God, male and female. He created us in his image. If you're filled with the awe of God today, and that moves you to be a better person, then I want to affirm that. We want to affirm that together. 
Your response may be song. We're going to sing here in a moment. Keith, what, are, what is our song? What do we have coming up? Ah, just as I am. That means a lot of things. That means, that means you, you and I, Jesus takes us just exactly where we are. But he's not content to leave us there. He wants us to resonate on his wavelength. So as we're singing this song, I'm going to give you options that we talk about every Sunday. You can go and meet with shepherds in room 100. Or they'll be down here and they'll pray with you. Or maybe the first step of becoming a better person is being baptized into Christ. Or maybe it's just responding to the awe, standing in the maze in the presence of Jesus and Nazarene. Everybody stand up. Uh, our God is an awesome God. Keith. I come broken.